0: the world is like a ride at an amusement park and when you choose to go on it you think it's real because that's how powerful our minds are i can tell you from experience the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is don't think feel it is like a finger pointing away to the moon don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly
1: glory you take the red pill you stay in wonderland and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes hey brothers welcome back to the nicholas gregorati show i am your host nicholas gregorati have an amazing guest for you today he's got a unique perspective on how to change the way you see yourself and he shares some exercises on how to use this method of his effectively in your life to completely rewrite your story or the story you tell yourself about who you are we've had guests that have explored this kind of topic in the past before but i think this gentleman does it in uh, a truly unique way. And I learned a lot from him. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you guys that I am proudly sponsored by Bubs Naturals. Bubs Naturals is a company which is run by one of my former guests, Sean Lake, superb human being. And I stand by their products. I use them myself. I'd use them even if they didn't sponsor the show. In particular, I use their collagen. I have two scoops of their collagen every night before I go to sleep. Not only does it help me get into a deeper sleep, but it also helps me with my joints. My joints have taken a beating over the years from all the Jiu Jitsu and stuff. There's a saying, you're only as old as your joints. So it pays to keep them in good shape and and taking collagen really does help. It provided its quality collagen. I also use, I've been using their MCT oil powder, which I use as a warm beverage creamer. I'm trying to quit dairy or I have quit dairy. I'm taking, uh, I'm doing a 12 week uh, diet program. I want to drop a little bit of weight. And one of the promises I made to myself is to cut out dairy because a friend of mine has been pestering me for a long time. She's been telling me quitting dairy will help me uh, and help my health. So when I have my like hot tea or warm beverages in the morning or evening, I'm using MCT oil powder or Bub's Naturals MCT oil powder as kind of like a, a creamer. MCT stands for medium chain triglycerides, and they're used as fuel by your brain, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, they definitely make my beverages more palatable. And uh, I feel great after I take the MCT oil So, or beverages with MCT oil in them. So head on over to bubsnaturals.com And you can get their collagen, their MCT oil powder, and a bunch of other cool products. Remember to use my coupon code NICG20, that's NICG20, and you'll get 20% off anything you buy. Also, my mentor and close friend Rocco is really starting to hit his stride with the work he's doing to help people. You know, one of the things that I was blessed with, or I've been blessed with in my life, is I've always just found the best people in any field. When I left South Africa and moved to London because I wanted to see the world and I wanted to continue my jiu-jitsu training, I just found the best jiu-jitsu guy who ever walked the earth. I mean, what (laughs) what a stroke of luck, right? And then when I started doing my first podcast, London Real, I just naturally either gravitated towards or attracted the people who were the best in their fields, including people like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and Darian Yates and Graham Hancock, all these incredibly powerful, successful people. I was just able to connect with them. It was amazing. It was a blessing. And you know, when I, when I was spiritually having a, when I was having a spiritual crisis and I needed, I needed to heal myself, I needed to fix, basically I needed to fix my soul. I just stumbled upon the guy, who is the best in the world at doing that the surgeon of the soul Rocco Jarman. And uh, what he says on his website is he's the guy you turn to when you've tried everything else. He's not a coach. He is a surgeon of the soul. If you've got something that you really need help with, this is your guy. Trust me on this. Everyone I've referred him to or referred to him who's worked with him says it's the best thing they've ever done. I cannot recommend him up enough. If you want to find out more about his work and what he does, head on over to eyeswideopenlife.org and you can find out more there. Okay, guys, it's time for the episode with Elliot Popkin. Enjoy. Hey, brothers. Welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I am here with Elliot Popkin. He is the multifaceted author behind Circle, Letters to My Younger Self. Elliot is an award-winning singer-songwriter who has overcome many obstacles to find success, He's a fighter who loves and enjoys the simple pleasures and beauties in life, a good cry, a good laugh, awesome food, the setting of the sun, and the rising of a new day 3,000 miles away. All of these components are included in his coming-of-age memoir, Circle, Letters to My Younger Self. Welcome to the show, Elliot.
0: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you on. I, when I was reading your bio uh, about a week ago, I was really interested in this, this uh method that you use for personal development, which is you write letters to the younger version of yourself. And I've done similar kind of things, but never really thought of, I mean, I've had like discussions with my younger self in in hypnosis and things like that. But the idea of writing an actual letter to my younger self just very much intrigues me. So can we start with that? Yes, indeed. We can start. And even
0: what you just said about going through hypnosis, that's uh, very interesting Mm -hmm. to me too. So I wrote the book I did not uh, set out to write a book. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, my background's in the music industry, and I've done uh, quite a bit of consulting as in the business development, business coaching uh, world. And so I was at that a very pivotal point in my life where I was struggling. And it did get to the point where it got very scary. I was sleeping in my car, car got reposed, sleeping on friends' couches, on public assistance you know, everything that I had on paper that I thought really was the definition of a successful man, all of those things were gone. And so I was walking home from the bus because that's what happens when your car gets (laughs)
1: reloaded. Elliot, may may I stop you there before you continue the story? I'm interested to know what led to that, that point. Why, why were you sleeping in your car and then on, on the couch? What, what took you to that point? Oh, okay.
0: Well, as I, Showcased in the book, I'm uh, someone who, uh, my father was an addict and was physically abusive to me for most of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and my mom, unfortunately, she had cancer. She passed when I was a teenager. So I think a lot of those life lessons, those demonstrations of affection and encouragement from parents, I just didn't, um, I wasn't able to receive those. So I think as a young adult, I showed a lot of promise. And I think each of us are born with innate gifts in life. However, I found it very hard to trust people. I found mm-hmm. it very hard to build relationships. And even though some success started coming, I sabotaged a lot of opportunities and I pushed a lot of things away. And I think the moment when you know I, I really lost everything, financially and personally, that was really the downfall
1: that led to that moment. Okay. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, in the, you're at rock bottom and... As you were saying before, I interrupted you. No worries. Yes. So walking home from the bus and I
0: just, um, I kind of just said out loud, like, did I have to lose everything to just like focus on you? And I I call God, God, but you know, for whatever your listeners, higher power, universe, whatever resonates with people. And, uh, and God was like, well, did you have to lose everything? And I said, <laughs> I didn't think God sounded like that. And so I ended up having this great talk with God walking home from the bus. And I said, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid to make money again. Cause I think I'm just going to make another mistake with it. And once I said that out loud, I was so shocked that I was, that was probably one of the first times in my life. Honestly, I've been honest. It's pretty common of children that have been abused. You know, in the moment, the pain is just too great. So you just push it away and push it down. And then when, once we hopefully at some point in our later lives have these authentic moments with ourselves, it's it can feel very new. And so I, I went home that night and I wrote most of my book in four days. It just literally flowed. And so at the end of each chapter, the book is an autobiography of my life. At the end of each chapter, I write a letter to that version of myself saying everything I would have wanted to hear at the time. And it was probably the most healing thing I've ever done.
1: So everything you would have wanted to hear at the time when you were a young kid going through this abuse and trauma. Yes. I mean, the book, goes
0: all the way to, I think I was 38 or 39 years old in the last few chapters. But, you know, you, you may think, well, what's that going to do? You know, you're, you're in your 40s now. I mean, I actually just turned 50 uh, this year. Mm-hmm. But um, what, what's the point of, of talking to yourself at six years old or, or nine years old or 15 years old? I'm here to tell you it was the most transformative thing I've ever done. I didn't realize how much anger and shame and disillusionment I had been holding on to for so long and it made it, it really made a difference. It just opened me up. I think this book was my first attempt at finding freedom in my life. And okay. I think the letters really helped me get there.
1: So are you able to share with some of the listeners, some of the things you said to younger self at this point? Oh, wow. I have never been asked that. Sure. Why don't I, um,
0: let me grab the book. This was probably one of the most challenging chapters. (laughs) It just happens to be the one that I opened it up to. Mm -hmm. My mom passed away when I was 15. And so this is the letter. After my mom passed away, I stood up to my dad. And that's when the physical abuse stopped. It was a few days after she passed. So I wrote the letter to the 15-year-old who was heartbroken. I remember you like it was yesterday. This is the moment in life where a change has to occur. Life is too precious for you to be a victim. All that your mom wanted to do was live. She wanted to experience life and to witness life's moments, and that was taken away from her. You are her gift to this world. It may not feel like it right now, but she passed on so many gifts to you. You remember how nice your mom was to all people. She taught you that each person is equal and deserving of respect. How she learned that lesson, you will soon learn yourself. However, today, please know that you are her precious gift. Her energy and spirit are inside you. And now you will never be alone again.
1: The moments you shared with your mom are priceless treasures. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's a great example and I'm, I'm sure it was a whole bunch of equally um, powerful stuff that you, that you shared to your younger self. So I, I won't go into that and I'll leave it for the, the listeners to read the book and discover that. But what was the immediate result? Did you notice changes in your circumstances instantly? Did you feel lighter? What, like, how did things start to progress after you did this exercise? Yeah, great
0: question, Nicholas. Um, I did feel lighter, but uh, I'm definitely here. One of the messages I like to impress upon people is, you know, if I was, nothing that happened to me as a child, I would wish on anyone. Uh, I, don't, I, I would hope no one ever has to go through that. What I demonstrated to myself though as a young adult was I kept being abusive towards myself just in the way I would talk to myself and treat myself. So it wasn't this happy ending, you know, movie. Three weeks later, I started earning millions of dollars and I was in a loving relationship and I got back into shape again. You know, it was simply just the beginning, the unfolding of the journey. And so I absolutely felt lighter. I mean, I will say things did start turning around for me within a month or two. But the process of true healing, that authentic expression, I think is something that has taken years. That might be, you know, I
1: might be an ongoing study in that sense. (laughs) I know what you mean. Um, So what comes up in my mind when when you describe this this process to me is one of the previous guests on the show, Mike Cernovich, a good friend of mine, uh, in his book, which is called The Gorilla Mindset which is all about mindset and having an, an, an indomitable will and, and adopting correct mindsets for success. He says, if you imagine the voice inside your head, the, the one that's constantly running commentary and talking to you and criticizing things and you know, just speaking, narrating your existence, he said, if you were to externalize that voice into a person, would that person be someone you, you'd want to hang out with? And I thought that that was just such a fascinating exercise to do because you realize a lot of the time that voice is just a total dick, right? It's like judging you and being super harsh and just, it's not your friend. It's not like helping you up. It's not, it's just being super hard on on, on you. And that's been a thing for me, probably my biggest, uh, one of my biggest challenges in life is I am incredibly, brutally hard on myself. And Mm. I've realized that it's, it's not, it can work up to a point, but that That point is a a very hard and fast limitation. And to go beyond it, you have to get to the point where you really do love yourself and you're gentle and kind with yourself. Would you agree? Listen, I mean, when people meet me today, I think
0: they're very surprised at everything that I have been through in life. I think I have this energy of this, you know, Zen calm warrior, if you will. But sometimes my inner voice, if you've ever heard of this guy named David Goggins, He's the guy that is, um, he's on Instagram and he's a, he used to be a Navy SEAL. And he's the guy who's like running through the desert without a shirt on. And he's just talking to the camera like, you need to just tell those people to shut the F up. You know, I used to curse like a sailor back in the day. But um, I think it's surprising to people that my inner voice kind of is like David Goggins just yelling at me like I can finish stuff. But yes, I will absolutely agree. I think um, I was my harshest critic. You know, I've spent years in the music industry. And no one was harsher on my music or my, you know, criticisms than I was. And I think there's a part of it that's good. Like if I'm going to push myself to continue to grow, yes. But one of the things I realized, I don't know if you can relate is, I also think it's very important, especially for us that are self-employed when no one's like, you know, we're not winning awards at work and stuff like that. Like I have to celebrate every single win and every single step of the way. And if I do that, that actually attracts more wins in my life. Mm-hmm. So I, um, you know, I just happened to, uh, I released a new song about two months ago called Running. It was the highest debut of my whole career. Wow, that's iTunes. fantastic. So, yeah, I have no idea still exactly how I did it. But <laughs> I, I went out and I celebrated and, and I had people around me that truly, uh, you know, friends that, you know, the real ride or die friends that just want you to win in life. Yeah. And um, I've learned it's so important
1: to celebrate every single win. Absolutely. That's so strange. You bring up that topic, Elliot, because just last night, actually, I was doing a meditation and I was thinking about just how far I've come in my life. I was just comparing myself to you know, the little kid that I'm going to have to write a letter to at some point now after hearing mm. your wisdom. But yes. I was just thinking of all the battles and everything I've faced and everything I've learned and how focused I've been on my own growth and you know how much I've tried and succeeded and failed, and you know just never given up, and just everything I've done in my life. And I just, I just stopped for a moment and paused, and I was like, "We're well, fucking well done, Nick. You know, well done. I'm not like you said. I'm not going to get a achievement award from work because I'm self employed, and so that has to come from me, right? And I I don't expect right. it from other people as well. Like I I think that's kind of gross to want accolades from others. I think it's, it's a lot healthier to get it from, you, from within. And so it's, it's cool that you've discovered something similar.
0: Yeah, I think it's, um, and, I, and I do think, I, and I rarely talk about that with people too. So it's interesting that we're talking about when you're self-employed, and I have been almost my entire adult life. There's, um, yeah, you're not getting certificates of achievements. You're not necessarily getting raises. I mean, you can figure out ways to earn more and more money, mm-hmm. but um, we absolutely have to be those cheerleaders for ourselves because no one else is going to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My my mentor, Rocco, who's a popular guest on the show as well, he his motto for life is no one else is coming. And yeah, it was it was a very difficult thing, you know, to to internalize when you realize like there's no boss or there's no mom or dad or wife or whatever it might be, that it's you. It's on you. Like life is on you. There's no government. There's no, like, it's on you. No one else is coming. Very painful and difficult, but ultimately liberating realization to have. Yeah, there's so much freedom in that. Absolutely. So one of the themes um, that you're big on is this idea of saying no to being best friends with mediocrity. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you came to hold that perspective?
0: Yeah, you know, there are these studies that say the five people that you spend the most amount of time with all earn within like 10 or 20% of you. And so I thought about stuff like that. And, um, you know, if I think about the people that were in my life many, many years ago, most of whom were just struggling with their own demons, if you will, things that they were going through and not really working through. So I felt like, um, I, once I started coaching businesses and it was amazing to me because I would see I would help businesses all over the country, all different industries, all different sizes businesses, brand new businesses, and those that have been in business for many years. When they were struggling, I realized they all would make very similar decisions. And that was fascinating to me. So I kept studying that. And what I realized was if I wanted to make a change in my life, not just professionally, but personally as well, I had to look very carefully, kind of like with a microscope. Who am I talking to? How am I talking about myself and other people? How am I treating myself? And what if I, I will do every single thing I need to do to elevate myself because I don't want to stay stuck. It actually takes a lot of energy to stay the same every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: It really does. And I just, I just got to the point, thank God, where that wasn't enough for me anymore.
1: Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, a lot of us think myself included, I actually caught myself in this trap recently is we think that we're being positive and that we're we're thinking good thoughts and that we're doing the right things but you have to be super disciplined and super particular about it right and when you do that when you take responsibility for every single one of your thoughts and every single one of your actions and every single one of the words you say you realize that you're not as you're not being as positive as you thought you were right like that was one of the things that hit oh, me. There was, yeah. yeah, There was a thing in my life that wasn't shifting and it just wasn't shifting. And I was like, but I'm, I'm positive and I'm being a good mirror, like, you know, because I believe the world is a mirror. And I was like, I'm cool with this particular aspect. Why isn't the world mirroring back at me what, what I am? And then mm. I realized I'm, I'm actually not as cool as I think I am in that particular aspect. That's, that's been my finding is like the mirror is effective, right? Like it, it's always accurate. And it's always reflecting accurate, accurately. So if, if an aspect of your experience is, is not what you want it to be, you really have to look closely within to figure it out.
0: That's amazing to hear you say. I actually use the mirror example a lot uh, in my own work with people too. And I feel like sometimes we can just cosign our own behaviors or our own mediocrity where we have to be really, really honest didn't you know this job wasn't right for you? Didn't you know this relationship wasn't right for you? Don't you know that if you don't go to the gym, you're not going to feel better later in the day. And Mm -hmm. um, if you get like past the BS that we can tell ourselves, and I personally was stellar at that for years, just completely stuck in quicksand really. Once we can get past that, the crap that we could tell ourselves as lies, that's when I think the real change can happen.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I actually say to some of my clients when they, they say like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I just say to them, no, you do know, you know, you just don't want to admit, but very often I don't that that's expression. I don't know what's wrong or I don't know how to do this. It's just, it's either lazy thinking or it's just a a fear of of just facing the the ultimate truth. Completely. We totally know. Yeah. You always know. Yeah. So It's clear that what you're doing, another one of these principles that you, or values that you aspire to is this idea of breaking free and welcoming more freedom. What specifically does that mean to you? Because I mean, I'm all about leading lives of more freedom. What does that look like to you? And how do you break free to get to that place of more freedom? You know,
0: I'm happy to say, I don't know what that looks like. That's when I think my life really began when I was one of those people who I would just and I know we're only on audio, but like, I would just clench my fists and just try to make it through life. Like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have a hit song. I'm going to be in a loving relationships. First of all, I'm here to say that does not work. It doesn't. You know, you're just going to get exhausted and resentful, which is uh, exactly what I, happened to me. So I think once I just realized I'm a vessel, and I talk about God a lot, I guess. So if I just show up each day and be the best Elliot I can be. And specifically the best Elliot. I'm not trying to be anyone else because I tried to do that in the music industry for quite a while, and that doesn't work either. Just show up and try to be the best me that I can be. That's when things happen, and they never happen the way I think they're supposed to. They just don't. (laughs) But that's that's really the beauty in it. If I can just show up and participate and let go of what I think the results are going to be, I heard this wonderful phrase called God's protection that. Like in my mind, I was so upset for years that things didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but maybe the universe is just trying to like protect you from not going down the wrong path. (laughs) Maybe it's not a bad thing when things don't happen the way that we think they're supposed to. So for me in my life today, the freedom really is in not necessarily knowing.
1: Sure. So you basically have a general idea of what you would like to happen and then you leave the specifics up to the universe. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I know that's a very scary concept and I agree. It actually is very scary, but there's a lot of freedom in it. And so I, I try to have the least expectations possible. I mean, I know in my life today, I'm doing a few different things. I'm a brand new author. I'm still working in the music industry. I'm coaching businesses. I'm building a few businesses of my own. I'm getting into investing more. That's pretty much it. Those five things. But if if any, oh, that's not true. I'm also working on a TV show pilot. Nice. So, there's, so there's quite a few things going on, but Beyond that, if something else approaches me, I just try to be, I just try to have my arms wide open. And if it's something I can share my gifts in and it feels good in my spirit, I'll absolutely
1: run with it. Sure. So uh, let's dive a little bit deeper into that, Elliot. I'm very interested in your perspective of, of this one particular issue that I have been challenged with in the past. I think I've overcome it now, but... You you mentioned that you're doing quite a few different things. And it's been my experience that I can do two things really well simultaneously, but not three. Like as soon as there's three things, three projects or three three businesses or three things happening simultaneously, my, my focus and my attention is too diffused over those three to really cause any of them to grow to any substantial amount. Have you experienced that yourself or... Um, have you uh, superseded that? Well, I would probably humbly disagree with that. That was one
0: of the issues I had for many years when I was doing well, you know, growing in my career as a songwriter, and then having other pursuits like building businesses. And I'm here to tell you, every single person in the music industry, if they're they're good, they realize you better have multiple streams of income and investments and all these things. So, I heard messages like that growing up well you can't be especially in los angeles is so image-based no one else can know that you're doing other things to help make money and i'm thinking why like there's actors that are waiters like why is why why should i feel bad about myself because i have pursuits and dreams in more than one thing i think it's completely okay to be great at more than one thing in life and i know that it takes a certain amount of training to get to you know a great or expert level in things, but I would humbly submit I'm a wonderful songwriter. I think my first book is, is great. I love the businesses I'm building. I'm so excited about the TV show that uh, I'm creating. Why did we ever tell ourselves that we're not allowed to be great at more than one thing? I find that to be very
1: limiting. Sure. And I agree with you. I I think it's not necessarily that I think we're not allowed to be great at more than one thing. I just, it's been my experience that to grow anything. uh, What did I hear the other day that was so, so powerful? this one book, the, the author was saying how if you think of your attention as a ray of sunlight, right, in a dark room, and you have plants in the room that you're trying to get to grow, those plants obviously require sunlight to grow, but you can only really put your gaze on a few of the plants at a time in order for them to grow. So you can only put your attention on certain things and your focus and those things will magically begin to grow. And I've seen that in my life. It's like, if I was trying to fight in the Jiu Jitsu world championships and also build a business and also become an amazing rock climber or whatever it might be like, um, those are crappy examples, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like I don't know if I'd be able to excel in any one of them if I was doing them all concurrently. And then that's the keyword concurrently. Like, I don't know if it's, I think you've established, you've, you've already become a, an expert singer songwriter, right? But if you were at the beginning, learning that, learning the ropes with that, I think it might be quite difficult to start a business simultaneously and do a TV pilot and go be a waiter or a barman or et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well. I mean, I feel like there are so many hours in a day. Like I love this study that there's 24 hours a day and 168 hours in a week. And if we uh, sleep seven hours a day, that's 49 hours. We work whatever we need to do for 40 hours. We spend another 40 hours on our passion and we still have 39 hours additional per week to take naps and spend with our family and go on dates and go to church or go to the gym. And so... I think there is way more time, humbly, I would submit, in our lives than we give credit to. And I think underlying thing there is fear. One of the easiest ways to get out of something is like, well, I just don't have time. It's too late in life for me to do that. And I'm here to tell you, no, it's not. I'm 50. I'm doing all these things. And um, I'm still learning and some more than like investing. Let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. I'm still so so brand new. I've made so many mistakes, (laughs) thankfully not very costly ones, but I wish I was told when I was 25 that you can do more than one thing. That's okay. I mean, I think it's important that when it's, when it's the four hours I'm in the studio to write a song, man, let me just focus and write the, the best song possible. When, um, you know, I'm spending quiet time at a little, cottage for the weekend to write on my next book. That's all I'm doing then. So I think it's just a matter of having a nice concept within your schedule. But um, I do think for me, I think it's because I'm self-employed. I I really enjoy having multiple things going on in my life at the same time.
1: Yeah, you've definitely, with those explanations, you've definitely softened my perspective on it a little bit. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle as it usually is. Elliot, you're very interesting guy. And uh, I really like the way you described these concepts and these theories that you live, lead your life by. The cool thing is, one of the things I always say is that wherever there is Overlap. There is truth, right? So if you mm. if you see certain themes overlapping, then you know there's some truth to it. And I see some overlap between your experience and mine, so I know that there's some some truth there. And uh, really appreciate your time. The, if the listeners want to read your book or find out more about you, what's the best place to send them to? Yeah. So for, thank you, indeed. Wonderful talk. So um,
0: I'd love to give them a, a coupon for the book as well. So the books at the Circle. Letter.com. Once again, that's the circle letter.com. The coupon code is circle20, circle20. And then, um, in addition to that, they can find me on all social media. I'm most active on Instagram, but um, the main website to hear the music is elliottpopkin.com. Elliot is one of everything, E L I O T, P O P K I N.com. And they can um, find me on Instagram at Elliot Popkin and also Facebook as well.
1: Awesome. I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes. Thanks again for your time, Elliot. I really appreciate you. My pleasure indeed. Thank you so much. You know, when I share with people, the things that have influenced me the most in my life or the tools that I've found that have given me the biggest bang for the buck when it comes to actual results and quantifiable improvements in the quality of my life, writing things has always comes to the forefront of my mind. Now, That could be, you know, that could refer to many different things, including writing affirmations, writing out problems that I'm having, writing out goals, writing out dreams, like defining what I want out of life. Just the act of writing things down. I really believe it is a sacred, almost, I don't even use the word magical because that word's been so overused, but... There's, there's a power to that, taking something from the abstract or from your mind and putting it into the world, putting it on paper. That's the first step to making it real. And also, you know, when you're having an issue and you write it down, it just helps organize things in your mind. I'm sure you guys have heard me speak about writing letters to people who upset you or you feel that have hurt you. It's powerful. It helps you let go of those things. And so this idea of writing letters to your younger self, I haven't used that before but it's just a great idea. I, mean, I know it's going to work because I've just, I know how writing stuff down in all these other ways has helped immensely. And so I'm excited to try this. In fact, I'm probably going to try it now after I finish recording this outro. So I'd love to hear from you guys if, that, if, you, if you do this, if it helps you. And this comes back to this other thing. I, I posted a video on Instagram recently About, I called it, I think, one of the most important decisions you can ever make, which is to not be that guy. And what I mean by that is, you know, everyone wants to lead a better life, everyone wants success, everyone wants great lifestyles and everything that comes with them. But the vast majority of people, when they're exposed to something like this podcast that you just heard, right, 99% of people, will listen and then they'll think to themselves, oh yeah, writing a letter to my younger self is a great idea. I should do that. I wanna do that. And what'll happen then is they'll get distracted, they'll, they'll forget or they just won't take action and they won't do it, right? And they won't get the, the potential benefit. And I'm not saying there is a benefit from this. I believe there probably is, but if you don't try, you will never know. That's the only only way you will know. But the thing is, most people just won't even try. They'll want to try, but wanting to try and trying are two very different things. And so one of the most important decisions that you can make in your life, and one of the most important decisions I ever made was just, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the guy who reads a book on self-development that includes a bunch of action steps and then just doesn't take those steps, or who half-asses things, you know, because 99% of people do, right? They just... There's no follow through, there's no commitment, there's no execution, there's very little action. And I just made the decision that I'm not going to be that guy. And so I would say to you listening to this now, and I don't say it with any judgment because I have been that guy, right? And if you are that guy and you know, you know who you are, if, you, if you're that guy, just make that one decision. I'm not going to be that guy. And start with this, write a letter to your younger self. That's it. To start with this, let this be the first step you take on the path to becoming someone who separates himself from the crowd and leads a great life. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Peace out.